You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, Fed Minute Wednesday. We've got stocks fluctuating, now trading lower, and this update brought to you by Instinct Equities from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Your access to informed insights, market color, and unique liquidity. Instinct Equities, that's the power of global connections. Now let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, the one and only Bill Maloney. Hey, good afternoon, Charlie. Main U.S. averages are quiet today with the Dow currently down four points. S&Ps are a little changed and Nasdaq falls nine and a half. The small cap 600 is down three points and the U.S. 10 yield at 1.8. Six out of ten SP sectors are higher, led by gains in utilities, financials, and consumer staples. Consumer discretionary and telecom led to the downside. Dow transports rise 12 points. Nasdaq Bitex fall five. Utilities gain eight. And the VIX is down by 1.4%. Dow leaders included 3M, DuPont, and Pfizer, while Cisco, McDonald's, and Intel led to the downside. In the retail space, Staples, Target, and Lowe's all fell after their results, while Urban Outfitters soared as much as 19% after its earnings. After the bell tonight, look for earnings from Cisco. Estimates are for $0.60 cents on revenues of $12.57 billion. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie. All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Another chapter for Barnes & Noble. Well, it's beginning with a stock decline of nearly 12% today after... Its CEO, Ron Boar, was ousted. Apparently, he's not the right person to revamp a bookstore chain. Obviously, he's struggling to compete with Amazon and other online sellers. For anybody, though, who likes going into those big Barnes and Nobles and having a cup of coffee and looking at books, this is kind of a dark cloud. Matt Townsend is here, retail reporter for Bloomberg News, and he's uh, been taking a look at this today. So, uh you know, the CEO ouster is one thing. And then these, these, there's these big forces that are pushing against Barnes & Noble. But let's start with the CEO. What happened? Well, he was there barely over a year. And, you know, when he was hired, it was seen as a guy who had a ton of experience in retail. He worked for Toys R Us, Best Buy. Um, and his big idea was, you know, books, much very competitive market. So we're going to put more non-book things in Barnes & Noble, more toys, more accessories, gifts. 
Um, they recently announced uh, that they were going to start testing putting beer and wine in their stores, which for a lot of people made a lot of sense because that goes well with reading books and their cafes and things like that. Um, so we don't really know the behind the scenes why he was actually ousted. The results have been mixed. Um, you know, it's not drastic declines right now in the, in the business. They've kind of stabilized. Um, but at the end of the day, this is still Len Riggio's company. He founded it over 50 years ago. He's still the chairman. He was set to retire in September, kind of walk away and just be a board member, no longer chairman. He is now staying, going to find a new CEO and run the company while they look for the next CEO. Is this really a bookstore company or is this a real estate business that happens to sell books and whatever else they can sell in those large square foot print, you know? I mean, it, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely shifting away from a bookstore that they have to and that's their diversifying. As far as real estate, I mean, I, th- I believe most of their stores are just leased. Um, so it's not like they own a bunch of real estate uh, that's worth a lot of money. They're going to let the leases roll off. That's what I mean, they've, they've been, been doing. doing right. That's what they've been doing. They've been um, uh, when a lease comes up, they either get out of it or they renegotiate it. Um, but I will say, you know, one thing that going for Barnes and Noble is that the publishing industry does not want to see Barnes and Noble go away because then they'd be left with dealing with just Amazon, which is not a good uh, thing for them to have to the publishers. So the publishers will probably. And the mall owners like Barnes & Noble, too, because it draws a lot of foot traffic, even if you know, people aren't always buying books when they go in the stores. So our reasons why Barnes & Noble probably has a much longer life than maybe some other retailers because publishers, publishers want to keep them in business, and the, the malls really like them. Okay, but Bloomberg News, your team reporting that you're, you're reminding us that Amazon's testing physical bookstores could ultimately open hundreds of them. So obviously, if Amazon is thinking of doing this, it's not like there's something just totally. Oh, you're there's there's no reason to be a brick and mortar bookstore. And Barnes and Noble has the brand. Barnes and Noble. That's right. Yeah, you know? they do. Um, what Amazon does with a physical location would probably incorporate you know places to a place to pick up your packages and stuff uh-huh. like that. So it'd be, you know, it's branding. It's they could sell all their you know their their um, their tablets and things like that. But um, that's true. I mean, you know, uh, ebooks are have taken away some of the market share for physical books, but Ebooks have kind of plateaued. They're, they're 15, 20% of the market, roughly. So people are still reading a lot of physical books. Um, I mean, one really strong part of the book market that hasn't been taken over at all by ebooks is children's books, for example. And Barnes and Noble, even before uh, Ron Boire got there, had made a push to put more children's books in their stores, make put more places for kids to read, kind of like a sort of pseudo uh, library. The stock is down more than 11% right, right now. When I took a look at the uh, the uh, the release, the earnings release, you're talking about a uh, retail sales decline of more than 2%. Yeah. You look at the Nook sale division, that's down 20%. At what point does this become a business that is just about saving the jobs of the 28,000 people that work there rather than about growing the business? Can this go on indefinitely? I mean, I, th- that's basically the conundrum with every brick-and-mortar sort of traditional retailer out there. It's how do you manage a, a slow decline? There's a lot of growth out there for any retailer <clears throat> that has fiscal stores nationwide. So with Barnes & Noble, yeah, that is you're managing a decline. Um, you know, they they made this big push into digital books with the Nook and had these Nook tablets, and for a while they were okay and, and did pretty well, but eventually they got crushed 
by uh, Amazon and uh, iPads and everything else. So it's a much diminished business as far as that. But yes, no, I think a big part of this is how do you manage a declining business and how do you sort of stabilize it? Getting back to a growth business, I mean, that seems out of the question. Well, of course, part of the backdrop has been some weak retail segments. So it's not just Barnes & Noble when you look at the consumer. But in quickly, uh, analysts, uh, what, what are they saying about Barnes? Is there anybody out there saying, oh, it's beaten up, buy it? Um, I haven't seen that, but you know, if a stock is every <laughs> when a stock is selling, that means someone's buying it, obviously. So, um, you know, it's it still has ca- positive cash flow, it still is profitable. Um, it doesn't have a lot of debt to deal with. It's, it's in pretty good shape. All right, Matt Townsend, thank you very much for joining us. He's a retail reporter for Bloomberg, giving us the lowdown on Barnes and Noble. The shares down more than eleven percent. This is Bloomberg. This Olympic update is brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they only make one thing, the ultimate driving machine. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.